The psalmist David, he wrote this. I want to anchor this text in, in, our, in our talk here this morning. He wrote in Psalms 90, verse 2, Before the mountains were born, you brought forth the whole world. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. These are words that acknowledge God's eternal nature, his forever quality. He's a forever God. He's a God that is forever. Can you say that word forever? Like we say that, we sing that, it goes on and on and on and on, forever and ever and ever and ever. We can say those words, but yet at some point in our minds, in our finite being, that word ends for us because we just can't comprehend it. Yet from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. All that God is, all that he has been is everlasting to everlasting. God has not changed over time. And I like what A.W. Tozer, a theologian, says. He puts it this way. God is immutable. He never differs from himself. For a moral being to change, it would be necessary that that change be in one of three directions. He must go from better to worse or from worse to better. Or granted, if the moral quality remains stable, he must change within himself as from immature to mature or from one order of being to another. It should be clear that God cannot move in any one of those directions. His perfections rule forever. They rule out all of those possibilities. Isn't that awesome? The one who revealed himself as God. The great I am forever has been. The eternal, self-existent, self-sufficient, infinite one. He continues to be the I am. Can someone say amen? amen? Which means that God, who was for his people, continues to be for you. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, God is for you. If God provided once for a people, he provides today still. If God, he who was restoring men and women of old, he continues to be in the restoration business today. If he is the one who spoke, who saw, who sees, the one who does the restoring, who does the forgiving, the one who is there engaged, he remains engaging to this very day. Can somebody say amen? And who doesn't want to grab onto that idea? Who doesn't want to latch on to that thought? God who was, who is, will also be. The God that I read about in this scripture, wow, that God still is. That God will continue to. Who does not want to grab on to that promise? Who doesn't want to hold on to that reality? But what happens when crisis strikes? What happens when tragedy strikes or pain or grief, you know, steps into our home? What happens when doubt somehow creeps into our hearts? That forever quality. That word that we tried to wrap our minds around, that all of a sudden diminishes. It falls out of view in our minds and it fades away from our purview. And all of a sudden we're left thinking, are we alone? What happened? Where is he? What's going on? I thought it was forever. It doesn't quite feel like forever now. It doesn't quite feel like he's around. It does not quite feel like, you know, actually these things are going to come to pass. Has God forgotten about me? Nobody in this room except for me has felt this. I understand. But please bear with this sinner saved by God's grace. All right? Sometimes that forever quality just kind of falls to the back burner. And so I'm excited that today uh, we're going to begin a series and we're going to um, call it Our Forever God. And I want us to, to look at a couple of things about the qualities of our God and, and the activities of our Lord and what's going on. And so the goal of this series is for us to be able to see that God is still God and we can trust him. That when we place our trust in him, we have not wasted trust. We have not done so in vain. And so as we go through this, I want you to be able to, to see my prayer is that we're all challenged. And when I say we, I mean myself as well, that we are all challenged to drop our doubts and to instead place our faith in this forever God. Amen. Amen. 
And so today I want us to talk about how he is forever speaking. How God is forever speaking. Now, how many of you know that we find God speaking at the very beginning of this book? We know that when we begin to open up Genesis in chapter 1, that God speaks the world into existence. Creation comes through as he speaks. And then throughout the Old Testament, we see God speaking again and again to his people, to Israel, to the nation, through kings and priests and prophets and all these different people. And we will look at one such prophet today, Moses, in Exodus chapter 3, in just a little bit. But in the New Testament, you go from the old to the new, and we find that God is speaking in the New Testament through his son, Jesus Christ. He Hebrews tells us that in um, long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, and through whom also he created the world. And so we read about God speaking through the pages of scripture, and the purpose of today's message is to say that God is still speaking today. Amen? God is still talking today. He is still speaking today, and that is absolutely critical. You know, it's critical because as we journey in relationship with God, if there is no communication, there is a problem. The, the, the relationship cannot continue. It cannot progress. And so in this sense, when we want to grow in intimacy with the Lord and, and, and journey in this, in this walk of faith, we absolutely need to have a God that is still speaking. The question becomes for all of us this morning, though, I want you to really consider this. You don't have to say it out loud and shout amen, but do you believe this? Though? Do you believe that God is still speaking in 2022? Amen. That God is still talking? And that if God is speaking, how can we know his voice? How can we understand that it is him that is talking to us? What does his voice sound like? Didn't Jesus say, my sheep know my voice? It's important for us to understand that the voice of God, is it my voice, his voice, the voice of the enemy, what's going on? It's important for us to know this if we're going to journey in relationship with God. And so the question is, does he speak? And more importantly, is he speaking to me? Is he speaking to me? Turn with me to Exodus chapter 3. And I want us to just look at when God spoke to Moses. Many of us love this passage. You might be familiar with it. But if you're not, today you'll get to, to look into the scriptures here in the Old Testament. Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness. And he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. You know, it's not a big deal to see a bush burning. Bushes burn all the time. But to see one that's burning and not being consumed is quite another ordeal. You know, I have a, I have a family member who's, uh, he's so excited. He's going to get a, a fireplace in his house. It's one of those gas fireplaces. He's like, man, I'm just going to sit by that thing and read Exodus chapter 3. Because it won't burn. It's a log. It's an artificial log. And, you know, Michelle, you know who I'm talking about. It's just hilarious to see him talking about that because it will not be consumed. And it says in verse 3, and, and Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight by the bush, why this bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near, take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Wow. Father, I pray that you would just bless us as we come into this time to, to just hear you speak to us, Lord, to understand from your word. I pray, Lord God, that you would encamp your Holy Spirit around us and allow your words to minister deep in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. There, there's been um, several, several sermons uh, you know, on, this, on this very passage, and it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, portion of Scripture, an incredible miracle of God. And God spoke to Moses very powerfully. And when I read that, you know, immediately... You know, especially when I first read this as a kid, I used to be like looking at every different bush and say, is God going to speak to me? 
excited. But let me ask you, how many of you guys have had God speak to you out of a burning bush? Crickets. I didn't think so. You know, not many of us have had an encounter like this, where there's been something miraculous and supernatural. But one thing that is interesting as we read throughout the scriptures and we find from the Old Testament all the way to the New and then to this day and age in which we live, the age of the Holy Spirit moving in our lives and being available to us for Jesus says, behold, I am with you to the very ends of the age. Watch out, wait, I'm gonna send a helper. There's all of these, there's the age of the Holy Spirit where God speaks to us and we can know that absolutely there is a God who does speak. And one thing, if you look at all these different experiences, even here in this text, and you continue reading Exodus chapter three, when God speaks, one, a couple of things are clear. One thing that is absolutely clear is that the person is sure that God is speaking. Uh, God announced himself to Moses. He said, Moses, Moses, first he called him by name, which is incredible. He called him by name. He knew who he was. But then when he starts speaking, he declares himself to be, I am the God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When God you know, spoke to Saul on the Damascus road after Jesus' resurrection, and he spoke from heaven, and, and that blinding light hit Saul. He fell from his horse. At that moment, uh, he said, Lord, who are you? And from heaven, God spoke up and said, Saul, I am Jesus whom you persecute, whom you've been pursuing. There's always, when there's an encounter with God, God makes sure that you are aware, you are speaking to him. But then not only that, when God speaks, we see it with Moses. As Moses is going to talk to God and reply back to him, he's going to say to him, Oh, Lord, oh, I can't do it because of this. I can't do it because of that. And I'm not good enough in talking. And I don't know what's, what I'm going to say, if they're going to believe me and this and that, whatever. Um, whenever God speaks, we know what God wants. We might be a little cautious and wary and we start putting excuses and saying, why well, we might not be able to do what he's asking of us. But it was very clear to Moses in just a little bit as he, God speaks to him that Moses is to go and lead the people out of Egypt. Go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. It was very clear what he was supposed to do. When God speaks, it's absolutely true. He says to Moses, remove your sandals because this is holy ground. I'm coming into this space, and you're coming into this space. There is an encounter with the living God in this moment. When God speaks to the people throughout the scriptures, and when he speaks to us, you better believe it, that that very act of God speaking is an encounter with him. It's a moment of encounter. It's a moment that we are meeting with God. And not only that, when we look throughout the passages of Scripture, the angel of the Lord shows up to Moses. Uh, another moment we hear, you know, uh, uh, Abraham, he, he hears a, a mighty rushing voice like many waters speaking out to him. We find that um, in Jacob, an angel, he's wrestling with an angel, but it was, it was him encountering God. In, in Elijah, when he has an encounter with the Lord, it's something a little bit different where there was a still small voice. It wasn't the fire, the earthquake, the, the, the windstorm and all those things so in all of these moments when we find God speaking throughout the word one thing we can be sure of that God speaks uniquely to people he might speak to you in one way and to somebody else another way and he might not even speak that same way ever again he spoke to one man through a donkey and I venture to say sometimes he speaks through this donkey over here as well and so now what I want you to understand is even though we might not encounter God speaking to us through a burning bush, none of us here have confirmed that we've experienced that. But how many of us can truly say, man, God's spoken to me before? How many of us here, can you just make some noise? God's spoken to me. God has spoken to me. I've heard his voice. He's given me direction. He's given me guidance. He's come in with his encouragement. He's brought me his conviction. He has led me in certainty and assurance. God has spoken to me. And so just because he's not speaking 
through a burning bush. Please believe you me that God sure is speaking to this day and be confident that when he speaks, we can know what he's saying and be confident that, you know what, when he speaks, we are having an encounter with him and it's good. And so let's talk about this because it's absolutely crucial that we understand and hear the voice of God. The I am that I am is still speaking in 2022. And how can we be certain? How do we know his voice? How does he do so? Well, we're going to talk about a couple of ways here this morning. The first one that I want to bring to your attention is, is this very fact, is that God speaks forever. He's the forever God, forever speaking through his creation. I've heard people say before, man, I just wish God would give me a sign. Well, hey, good news. Look up. Just look up because he gives you one every single day. Just look up for a second. Have you ever climbed, you know, have you ever, anybody here ever been on a hike up a mountain? Anybody? You know, this could have been way back in the day. It's okay. That counts too. All right. At some point, how many of you guys have gone to the beach and you've just stood there on the shores as the water is like, you know, rushing over your feet and you look out? How many of you guys have tried to see, you know, like Europe from over here in, in Cape Cod Haba, right? Like you try to look out and you see, your, you can't see Europe. But you stop and you look and, and that sea goes as far as you can see. You stand on that mountaintop after a hike and you look out and you see all the valleys and the peaks and the rivers and, and the streams and the people driving by and cars look like ants. And you look at that expanse and that beauty and it's like, whoa. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Yesterday we were driving to go out, um, celebrate my brother-in-law's birthday. And Micah is like, ooh, I see purple. And he starts calling all the colors of the sunset. And I'm like, man. Look at this, all of these different colors. It's just gorgeous. It's beautiful. Some of us say, hey, God, give me a sign. Look up. Creation is speaking of God's existence. Psalms 19, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day after day, he pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. If we've looked at any one of God's creation, we would realize that God is absolutely speaking. This is his general revelation. In those moments, as you look out to his beauty and his creation, we start to understand what's important to God in order, in consistency, in, in, in beauty. We start to see wisdom of God all around us as we look at his creation. Paul wrote this in Romans 1, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their own unrighteousness suppress the truth for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so they are without excuse God I wish you would speak to me hey look at creation when you stand on the edge of that water looking and trying to find the Eiffel Tower from Boston Harbor, you have to stop and realize, I can't control these waves. I can't tell it to stop right here and not come over here and, and overwhelm my family that's made a little seating and laying area in the sand. I can't control that. When you look at the ants and how they're, they're storing up their food for winter and the wisdom that's there, I, I didn't set that up and create that. I didn't, I didn't put that in them. They don't, they don't plan and save money for college and, and figure out their kids' futures and all that. kind. Yet they have enough sense and wisdom. I didn't do that. When you stop and consider that right now there is pints and pints of blood coursing throughout your body, that there's, there's a ticker in there, that, that heart of yours is pumping again and again and again, and you never once told it to do so. You never once said, oh, man, I forgot to tell my heart today. And uh, you would have been gone already. So stop and just consider God's creation and say, wow, I didn't control this. I have no power in this. Therefore, there has to be something greater than me, someone beyond me, someone more intelligent, someone more wise, someone who set this all up, who is trying to speak to me in the very creation around me. God speaks through his creation. Not only that, if we go and look at his word and we start uh, realizing and reading the Bibles, it tells us here, Romans chapter 2, that God is also forever speaking through our conscience. Look what Paul writes. For when Gentiles, in chapter 2, verse 14, when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires, they are a law to themselves. 
Even though they do not have the law, they show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. Man, I wish God would give me a sign and speak to me. Well, he does through your conscience. God has written Ecclesiastes, eternity in the hearts of men. So God is speaking to us through his creation. He's speaking to us through our conscience. If we sit still long enough, be quiet long enough, and we just start listening to our conscience, our conscience will bear witness to some things. You know, because deep down inside of us, we know when something is right or wrong. Inside of us, there's something that yearns to have justice and mercy being experienced in the world. You meet someone going through such tragedy, you want justice to come into their lives. You want the wrong to be made right. That is something that God has embedded inside of our hearts if you sit long enough and still enough we'll realize that there's desires within us there's yearnings within us that this world just cannot satisfy we call that the god-shaped hole within the human heart when sin came in there's things that just cannot be fulfilled as much as i love my wife she cannot fulfill all the desires and yearnings of my heart she can't complete me in that sense because only God, only what the creator has embedded within us, our conscious deep down, the need for intimacy with him has been placed there by him in our conscience. God is speaking to us through these things. And you know, these things aren't taught to us. It's not like I, I've never sat with Micah and, and explained to him all of the possible ways of how something can be right or wrong and that there's some things that he'll look at me and he'll be like should i do this you know like he's about to throw a ball and his sister's in the vicinity he'll kind of look at me to see if i'm going to say something and you know sometimes he, he stops you know but but that hesitation that's there it's like it's already embedded god put that within us but one thing i just got to say about our conscious it can't not it cannot be something that is left unchecked because Jeremiah tells us that the heart is deceitful above all else. And so there, you know, just, just doing whatever feels right or following your gut, sometimes your gut, all right, is going to lead you in the wrong place. Sometimes what, you, what feels right might not be right. So you can't just do what you feel right. You have to subject everything through the word of God and see that does it line up with what his standards and what he desires for me. And so we need to have wisdom and understanding and discernment when it comes to our conscience. But God most certainly speaks to us through it. God forever speaks through our circumstances. Say amen. In Jonah chapter four, <laughs> if you haven't read Jonah, the, the prophet Jonah, read the story there. That's an incredible, you know, incredible story. But God orchestrated Jonah's circumstances to speak something in his life. He wanted to speak and draw something out related to his thoughts and his perceptions about the city of Nineveh, about the people who inhabited the city, a place that he was supposed to go and minister to. It tells us in chapter 4 that God appointed a plant, a vine, to grow all of a sudden, and that plant provided shade for him. As the sun was beaten down, that plant provided him a place of rest. And the shade was able to cover his, his, his head. But then God also appointed the next day a worm to come and attack that plant and start eating that vine. He appointed a scorching wind to come and through and blow this, this, this warm breeze into his life. And then he caused the sun to beat down on his head. And I don't know if he had a hat, if he was bald or not, but here's the deal. It just burned him. And Jonah in that moment started cursing. He started getting mad at the plant. He started airing out his frustrations. And you can read it in chapter 4. But in that moment, God utilized the circumstances of the vine, of the worm, of the wind, of the sun. He orchestrated the circumstances to draw something out of, out of Jonah. Jonah, why are you upset at the plant? Why are you upset at the worm? Why are you upset at the sun? Why are you frustrated, Jonah? And Jonah starts complaining and talking about it. And then all of a sudden, God starts bringing out what really is at heart. He's like, Jonah, you're frustrated about these things that you can't control. What about these people, 120,000 of them in the city of Nineveh, and you are frustrated at the fact that I'm showing mercy to them and you could care less you're apathetic towards them Jonah I'm orchestrating these circumstances so I can grab your attention and speak to you something God sometimes uses the circumstances of our lives to speak to us through them and sometimes he allows us to witness the circumstances in the lives of our neighbors our loved ones our colleagues our bosses other people so that we can 
hear his voice and see him move. For instance, just consider all these natural disasters that's been occurring, you know, even just here in our nation over these last couple of years, several years. Consider Katrina in 2005 or, or the Texan winter storm that, that totally caught them off guard and, and the grid failed and, and so many people you know, were affected and lots of loss happened. Or the regular California wildfires that are happening you know, ever since I can remember, like every year. Okay, yeah, there's another wildfire in California. It's always there. But consider these things. Is God speaking? Could God be saying something? Well, I, I would say yes, absolutely. In every one of these natural disasters, God is saying, hey, look, you guys have no control. Hello? You know, you're not in control. Oh, hey, by the way, life is but a vapor. Uh, just a vapor. You think you're going to plan your life to have all this longevity and you're going to retire and do this. And then in your later years, I saw a funny picture the other day, by the way, it's totally sidetracked, squirrel moment. I saw a picture that says, uh, this is why you do not wait until retirement age for you to travel. It was two people retired, but they were just older, you know, progressed in years, and they were just so excited, and one of those gondolas just knocked out while the tour guide's trying to give them, you know. We think we're going to have all this time, that we're going to do all these things. Yet God, through these natural disasters, he says, hey, life is short. Could it be that God, through circumstances of these natural disasters, could be saying, hey, to the victims, you see when the aid shows up? When the people leave their, their, their states and their countries and they come over here to help you guys, hey, I haven't forgotten you victims. I care for you. Could God be speaking in those moments? When the grocery bag comes from a neighbor and says, hey, I saw you lost everything and here it is. I know God has spoken to me in such ways. He's spoken to my family in such ways where uh, provision comes in the midst of my circumstance and I get to say, wow, God, thank you. Thank you for speaking to me. Is he revealing how creation is moaning and groaning due to the consequences of sin? Could, could Jesus be reminding us? Could God be saying, hey, look, I told you that in the last days these things would amplify and increase in number, that you're going to see earthquakes and storms and famines and pestilence and wars and all these different things? Could it be that God through our circumstances is speaking, hello, wake up? Could it be that God is speaking through the circumstances? I say absolutely, he does. And many times he will use it, he will use the crisis in our lives, the pain in our lives, the grief in our lives to get our attention to speak and say something to us. And now, creation, conscious, circumstances, these things are general. Every person in the world, doesn't matter whether you've met Jesus or not, you've heard the gospel or you haven't, he is speaking in those general ways. But if you have come into a relationship with God, here's some specific ways that he comes and speaks to us. Number one, he goes and he speaks forever through his scriptures. God speaks through his scriptures. The Bible says that in 2 Timothy. This is a famous verse. Everyone knows it. We quote it often. Why? Because it's true. All scripture is breathed out of God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correcting, and for training in righteousness that, man of, that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. And then Peter tells us in 1 Peter 1, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And you go and read this book and you find out that the heavens and earth may pass away, but the word of God will remain the same. That things will change, yet not one thing in this world will be left unfulfilled. We start reading things about this word, how true, how trustworthy it is. God is speaking to us through this Bible and we cherish it because it is God's revelation of himself, God's revelation to man, it's right here within our grasp. Man, I just want to hear from God today. Hey, good news, you can pick up your Bible. You know, good news, check your, your spirit and hear him speak. You know, look up at creation and see him. Look at the circumstances around you. You can hear him, but pick up your word and God is speaking to you through this Bible. He tells us his nature, his purposes, his plans, his promises. When we look at this book and we read this, we start not only seeing him, but we start seeing ourselves. He reveals to us our identity, our character, our worth, our value. He tells us our purpose. He shows us our future. If we start reading this book, we hear his voice and it's beautiful because it speaks of him but it speaks of us amen and so read this book pick up this book because God is still speaking today through his word that's why every time we gather here you know I love to, to preach expositional sermons to, to go in a passage and go and, and drill down and, and pull out the points from that one passage why because I want to preach to you the gospel I want to share the word of God to you we believe that this is God's word and if he's speaking when we gather at church we're going to hear from him 
You know, it's important for us to gather that we are not just coming around, you know, a charismatic speaker, that we're coming around the latest specialist, that we're coming around a person, a thing, or, or, or whatever culture is trying to dictate to us. But it's important that when we come to church, when we pick up and, and walk in journey with Christ, that what we are hearing from is from him and not something else. It's from him. And so if, if you, you know, oh man, I, I might have heard that story before. I've read that passage before. What can his Holy Spirit speak to us fresh and anew today? You know, I've read that passage before. Yeah, where is he going to arrest me this morning? What in that passage is he going to cause to bubble up inside of me and become new in life in that rhema word that I absolutely need today? Why? Because he's still speaking through his word. If he wasn't, do you think that this would have been the, the most sold book in all the world? There is something about this book being the word of God, that he inhabits this word, that he watches over this word to fulfill it, that causes this to be an attractive book, that if we actually say, Lord, I want to give my, I want to understand it. I really do, Holy Spirit, speak to me and move in me these words, allow them to be applicable in my life and heart. If we seek them with all of our hearts, he tells us here, Jeremiah tells us that we shall find them if we seek them with all of our hearts. And he will show us unsearchable, unknowable things. God is speaking through this book. He's speaking to us today. So will you open up his word? God is forever speaking through Jesus Christ. First John, he, uh, John tells us in chapter one, in the beginning was the word, that was Jesus. And the word, Jesus, was God. And the word, Jesus, was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he, uh, we have seen his glory, the glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and full of truth. Jesus is the final revelation of God. He is the final revelation of God. And so, you know, we read everything in the Old Testament. It's all pointing towards him. It's all, you know, a type. And, and it's all something that's going to later have a full fulfillment. That's why when Jesus showed up on the scene, he said, I did not come here to abolish the law, but I came here to fulfill it. I came here to give it fuller meaning, to give it proper context for you to truly understand that everything that was promised is now here. John the Baptist came preparing the way in the wilderness for the one who was going to come, whom he was not able to even, you know, unstrap his sandals making the way straight for the coming of the lord when jesus comes he fulfills everything that was promised everything that was you know somewhat taken care of somewhat you know resolved some things such as the sacrifice and 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 the putting off of sin that was something that was temporary and they had to renew every year and and all these things jesus says i have come to do it once and for all I've come to fulfill it, to, to make it true so that everything will, will, be, will be in its proper place. I came to establish it forever. Jesus is the final and full revelation of God. And how can we recognize the voice of God? Well, Jesus himself says in chapter 14 of John, if you have seen me, you have seen my father. If you have seen me, you have seen my father. Bottom line, if you want to hear God speak, then you will know what? You need to start listening to the voice of Jesus Christ. You need to start looking at his words. And for many of us with our Bibles, those are the words that are in red in the New Testament and the Gospels. You know what? Just gravitate towards the word, those words. It doesn't mean that the rest of it's not important. It is absolutely true because the word of God will not contradict itself. It's fulfillment from one place to the other in greater meaning, greater context, and one thing qualifies the other. And so it's important. But you want to learn the voice of God and hear him speak to you, open up the red words of Jesus Christ and let those words minister to you analyze those words study those words you know dissect those words ask the holy spirit what does it mean and so the next thing that i want to say to you is this you take those words of jesus you take the words of the prophets you take the revelation that god's given you through this book and then you say hey i want the next way god speaks to me and that is forever is he speaking through his holy spirit Holy Spirit, I want the words of Jesus to come alive in my heart. I want the words of the prophets that they spoke here back in the Old Testament. How does that apply to me today? How does that make a difference in my life? Holy Spirit, I want you to teach me and lead me. Why? Because the word says that he is the spirit of truth. He is the counselor that was to come. 
John 16, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare to you. Have you wondered why the Holy Spirit does not have a name? Have you wondered why he does not have a name? We have all these incredible names for God. El Shaddai, Elohim, El. We, we have, you know, all the, the Jairas, Jehovah's. You have all of those, Jehovah Jireh, Nisi, uh, Sikenu. We, we have, you know, um, a lot of different names throughout the Old Testament about God. We have in Isaiah, you know, uh, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. Wonderful counselor. We have all these different names. We have Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And so we have all the names for the Son. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, it's Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. And I believe one of the incredible reasons why God does not allow the Holy Spirit to have a name or provide a name for us in the scriptures of the Holy Spirit because everything that he does is to point back to Jesus Christ the Son. Everything that he does, I don't want you to even know my name. I don't want you to even speak my, I want you to speak the name of the son whom I have come to guide you into his truth, whom I have come to magnify his words, whom I have come to point you back and apply everything that he taught you. I want you to look at the son because him and the father and I were three in one. We're united in mission and purpose. He came to be the last fulfillment, the final fulfillment in Revelation. I want to show you what he said and make it real in your heart and your life. So you want to hear the, the, the voice of God. You want him to speak to you. You need to hear his word. You need him to touch you and move you and direct you in a, in a place, in a situation, a circumstance. Then you want to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to me. Because he is the one who will guide you into all truth. If you ever sense God prompting you towards an action, to do something or say something, to, to be something, to, to change directions or to do whatever, the Holy Spirit will then take everything that's within this book. He'll line it all up and he'll speak to you in that way. You know, sometimes we say, hey, um, uh, I heard God say this. You ever, you ever encountered somebody who's made up a decision and they say, you know what, oh, God told me. All right, okay, who am I to argue with God, man? I, okay, God told you to leave your wife and go move across country and go hang out with this other person. All right, that, God said that. I, I'm not going to be able to convince you otherwise. But let me just tell you this. Uh, the Holy Spirit, God, Jesus Christ, they're not going to go against this word. And God says that you know, marriage is something that's holy. And he has a plan and purpose for every marriage. Uh, he, he's told us that we're to, to endure and persevere. He's taught us a couple of things. Oh, he, he told you to go and um, just completely ream out that other person because they, you know, cut you off. Or, or you, the Holy Spirit, God told you to, you know, totally berate your boss or, or your, your employee, your colleagues because of X, Y, Z situation that was unfair and done to you. Uh, he told you to actually retaliate and fight fire with fire. Uh, uh, yeah, actually, this book doesn't tell us that. He says, if they've slapped you on this side, uh, go ahead and turn your other cheek. The Holy Spirit's not going to go and contradict this word. He's going to teach you some things that's going to line up and bring you fuller fulfillment into that. And that's what the Holy Spirit does because he's the spirit of truth. So God speaks to us through his scriptures. He speaks to us through his son. He speaks to us through his Holy Spirit. But hey, let me, let me, let me just say real quick, look around. Can you look at your brothers and sisters? God is forever speaking through his church. God is forever speaking through his church. God wants to speak to us through the body that he has given us, and that is his church. He is the head, we are the body. It tells us, Romans chapter 10, how then will they call on him whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. When we come together in church, when we gather together as the body of, of believers, we are doing something every single service, and that is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. We endeavor to sing songs that are aligned with his gospel. We are endeavored to you know, bring a message that is connected to his word. We are gathering together to encourage one another and, and bring out faith inside of each other. Why? Through what? Through what means? Through what medium? What method? Through sharing the word of God, the promises of God, the, the purposes of God, reminding people of what this said. We don't come here and say, oh, today in popular psychology, this is what's going on. 
We don't gather here and say, hey, you know what, pop culture's newest trend is this. This is what's trending on TikTok. This is what's trending on Twitter. Let's talk about this today. No, we say, hey, open up your Bibles. Let's go to this. Let's go to that. When somebody shares some news with us, something good or bad, we say, wow, I'm praying for you. The word says this. And we start to encourage each other through the word of God, through preaching his gospel, bringing the good news. We all have beautiful feet in the church of the Lord because we're here to encourage each other with his word. And that's why we are going to continue preaching the gospel from this pulpit. We're going to continue to make it the anchoring point when we gather. We're going to gather around his word. And though we may do a lot of things and engage in a lot of activities, it is his word that binds us. It is his gospel that that leads us, and that's what we want to be. We want to continue being filled with his word and filled with his spirit as we minister to each other. You know, I've, I've come to church, and God has confirmed messages you know, in my heart and, and, and confirmed ideas and directions and things as I've prayed together with the saints. Since the church is not just a building, but it's a body of believers. God speaks through it. I've been encouraged by your prayers, Janet. I've been encouraged here meeting and hearing, you know, uh, words that God's given you, Salpi. I've been encouraged as God has, you know, brought somebody who just doesn't have a single word, but they say, hey, Pastor Brian, let me just pray with you. And God speaks to us and through us as his church. So is God speaking? Absolutely. Now the question becomes, you know, are we hearing him? And there's so many things, and we're not going to get into this because of time. I'm already over. But here's the deal. There's a lot of things that can impede us and muffle God's voice. I'll invite the worship team to come back up. We're wrapping up. Uh, There's a lot of things that will keep us from hearing the beautiful voice of God. And one of the main critical things is sin. If we are living with sin and embracing sin and being so callous with our sins, then you know what? It just causes God's voice to become completely silent in our lives. There's some of us that we've never heard the the word of God. Well, we've never come into a relationship with the Lord. And Paul tells us that if we have never been regenerated, if we've never been able to, to see it, the things of God are folly and mysterious to us. That's why when Jesus preached, he would often preach in parables. He says, you know, that they may hear but never hear. That they may see but never be seeing. Because there's, there's meanings and there's, there's truth in there. And that the Holy Spirit needs to reveal those things to us in our hearts. And if we don't have a relationship with God and the Holy Spirit does not abide within us, then those things cannot be made known. It's like there's scales on our eyes. It's like Paul when he was pursuing the way and those who were following after Jesus and hearing his words. He was so adamant and so passionate to to go out there and persecute the Christians. But yet when that light shined on him, it was all of a sudden the scales that were on his eyes fell off and he was finally able to see that what he thought he was doing was all, he realized was all wrong and the God he was chasing was, he was misdirected. That Jesus was, in fact, the Son of God. That he was the one that he wanted to honor. And he needed to change some things in his life. If you are living in sin, how can we understand and hear a God who is holy, who is just, who is truthful? We often are not any of these things. Yeah, at times we might be just. At times we might tell the truth. But none of us are holy. How can we, if we live in sin, with our minds twisted and our thoughts so bent because of sin, and our environment so wrapped up with sin that like the Holy Spirit does not want to be around us? Paul tells us, do not quench or grieve the Holy Spirit. When Jesus came up out of the waters at his baptism, it tells us that God spoke from heaven. Again, an encounter with God. It was undeniable. That was God. This is my son whom I'm well pleased the Holy Spirit came down and abided on him in the form of a dove I've never had a parrot or any type of bird but I've seen movies pirates sometimes they have a bird on their shoulder and whatever but I can imagine if you were to have a bird of any kind abiding resting on you there's certain things that you got to do in order to keep that thing there to not startle him to fly away. 
Same thing is true of God. He's pure, he's just, he's holy. If our lives, our environment is just so hostile towards him, it's so jostled with sin. You know, there's an F-bomb coming through every way. There, there's, there are egregious words and songs. Songs that we're listening is so explicit and it's talking about everything that is not pure, not noble, not good. It's causing you to want to commit sin and commit violence and all these other things that have nothing to do with his character and nature. Do you, do you, do you believe that the Holy Spirit wants to speak in such places? Absolutely, he wants to speak to you. But is he, does he feel welcome in such places? Sin will keep us from hearing the clear voice of God. But then again, so will our selfishness. If all we are concerned with is self, let me just tell you, everything that is dealing with self is not of God. When self is the driving force behind anything, please believe me that the voice of God is not behind it. If your own desires, your own will, everything, your way, your stubbornness, it's all you, 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 your self is going to dampen the voice of God. Well, you know what? He says this over here and he's going to, you know, press down, shake together and run over all of these blessings as I give. Man, I want that. I want that financial security, stability. I want abundance. I want to grow. He told me that I am the head and not the tail, that he is going to anoint, that my coming and going will be blessed where I put the soles of my feet, that that's going to be mine. I love that. Oh, but he told me to, you know, renew my mind. To give myself as a living, to take up my cross and follow him. If everything is what we want and what our voice is saying, if we're going to curate the voice of God and what he's saying, if we can't accept everything that he's saying, we're going to pick and choose certain parts. Let me just tell you right now, you are going to void out the voice of God. Because when you start saying to him, I can only let you speak certain things to me. He'll say, I don't want to speak anything to you. It's an all or nothing with him. You won't know his incredible blessings and all the songs that he's singing over you and what he's declaring in his voice over you if you've turned down the dial because there was a certain convicting voice of God that you did not want to accept. I'll just leave you with one last one discouragement it absolutely mutes the voice of God in Exodus chapter 6 if you just go back to Moses' story he is preaching sharing the, the news that he got he had spent time with the Lord and God came and shared with him some things and the people just did not want it they weren't going to have it they did not receive it why because it tells us in Exodus that they were just so discouraged they could not hear the voice of God if we hold up that, that bitterness, that sorrow, that pain, that issue, that impossibility, and we just keep holding on to that discouragement, that thing that just didn't work out and that failure that we might have went through, and we just keep looking at that and the pain and the sorrow, after a while, it will debilitate you. It will paralyze you. It will cause you not to be able to move forward, and it will close up your ears so you can't hear the promises of God that says, I can pick it up for you. I can move beyond this. I can take you further. I got more in store for you. I don't see you that way. I've, I've chosen, I've called you by name. But discouragement will cause his voice. In conclusion, we go back to Moses and look at his story, Exodus chapter three. God spoke to him in that burning bush. And it's awesome, it's cool, it's unique. Lord, maybe one day you might speak to me in some supernatural way and I'll give you glory for it and I'll, I'll be excited. It's going to change my life, no doubt about it. But how did God come into his life? God showed up and spoke out of a bush after Moses was living his routine day-to-day -day life. He was going about his business. For 40 years, he's tending the sheep of his father-in-law. 40 years since he fl fled Israel, I mean, I'm sorry, Egypt, after, you know, committing a sin trying to do what he may, might have sensed was part of his purpose to, to bring freedom to his people. He saw an oppressive slave driver abusing a fellow Israelite. And so what does he do? He kills the man. He flees because he's found out. He spends 40 years in the desert tending sheep. Not incredible, not supernatural, not exciting. 
very monotonous, mundane. And yet God arrests his attention, speaks to him in the burning bush. God may not be speaking to any of us in the burning bush, but let me tell you, in the everyday life, he is speaking to all of us. To to this very day, 2022, he is alive, he's well, he's a forever God who's forever speaking. And he wants to speak to us generally. He wants to speak to us specifically and intimately. God is speaking to us. And we have to understand that although he might not be shouting to us what he's doing, He's whispering to us through all these seven ways that I've mentioned to you. Often, this is what I love to do. In my house, my little boy, I got a three-year-old boy, Micah, right? Many of you already know him. I talk, to him, I talk about him often. But I just, I learned God speaks to me so many ways as, as I'm just being a parent. God is speaking to me and revealing things to me about his nature and his quality and his character and my purpose, and and my issues, and my sin, and my frustrations, and my impatience, God speaks to me in major ways as I deal with that boy. But often I'll I'll see my boy running around the house, and I'll go to him, hey, Micah, come here. Daddy's got to whisper something to you. He's like, what, Dad? You know, I got a little teenager sometimes. What, Dad? He just wants to keep playing. Come here, I got to tell you something in your ear come here. And he'll come. Sometimes he comes very excited because like, what are you going to say? Other times he's like, yeah, whatever, dad, what's up? He shows up. But when he gets close, as soon as he's within reach, man, I grab that kid and I start attacking him with kisses and hugs. And and I didn't have to whisper anything into his ear, but I just wanted him close to me because I wanted to embrace him. I wanted to have intimacy with him. I wanted to hold him and I wanted to have a moment. See, God throughout the scriptures, he might have talked out of a bush or out of a firestorm and all this stuff, but let me tell you, what God most wants is not the supernatural and spectacular. God wants intimacy with all of us. God wants to whisper throughout all these things. He wants to say, hey, Sharon, come here. Come here, Andy. I want you close. I'm, I'm not going to speak incredible things and I'm not going to, you know, show up in the sky. One day I will. My son will come back. But I'm not doing that every single day. I'm not giving you the thundering voice. Thus says the Lord and everyone falls flat. I'm, you know, imagine. You're going about your day. You're in the middle of class teaching. You're, you're, you're performing your job. You're, you're showing a house to a client. All of a sudden, God knocks you down, gives you a dream and a vision. Your client's like, what's going on? Call the ambulance. We all want that, right? But God is whispering to us saying, hey, come here. I want to grab you. I want to hold on to you. I want to whisper my sweet nothings into your ears, which is not sweet nothings because when we look at him, he's the God who fulfills, who knows the end from the beginning, who speaks every promise and fulfills every word, who watches over it so that it will come into completion. He begins a good work in you and he brings it to pass. Come here, my little guy. Come here, my little girl. Let me speak my promises over you. And why wouldn't we? Why would, it blows my mind. I am in negative territory here right now, but let me just, it blows my mind why we would not want to be in an environment, in a place where we can hear the voice of God. It is beyond my comprehension why we would not want to gather. Why are some of us still waiting at home and figuring out, I don't need the church. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to go be in a place where they're going to be speaking about God and they're going to be singing songs about him and there's going to be a brother and sister that God, the Holy Spirit, might minister to them and speak a rhema word that's going to come and minister my life and change me for the rest of my days. It blows my mind why we would not want to gather. It blows my mind why we would not want to open up this book to feel him drawing us in to whisper something in our hearts.